All right. Everybody have a handout? Or no, you guys need handouts. And who else needs a handout? Uh, all right. Alicia needs one. Okay. Here you guys go. Just one sheet, front and back. I, we're going to start off today with a scenario. And normally Jenna writes these scenarios, but she didn't do this. So this is probably a terrible scenario. I'm warning you. Well, let's see how it goes. She'll fix it. She'll, she'll, you know, you know what's so funny is that Nelson yesterday says, are you picking up what I'm putting down? <laughs> I said, what am I supposed to be picking up? What are you putting down that I'm supposed to be picking up? He says, I don't know, but are you picking it up? <laughs> I said, all right, you've been talking to somebody. Um, okay, it's not that Carol hates going to church, just that she has moved on. Most of the people there aren't her age. Most of the stuff they talk about doesn't interest her. They're needy, too, always asking for help, prayer, and financial support. They're nosy, too. They notice when she decides she needs to skip that day or take some personal time. The services aren't her style, either. She'd much rather hang out with her friends on her own schedule and do stuff with them. Maybe the best part of this whole change is that, for her, Sundays are open now. She gets to sleep in after staying out late Saturday, and she's free to go to the lake or take a late morning walk. What is she missing? <laughs> what? The Lord. the Lord, okay. What did you say? Jesus. Jesus? <laughs> do you th- so I have some questions here. Um in fact did I list the questions? What do you think Carol is making a good choice or a bad choice? Oh bad. Okay, a bad choice. Um why? Well Well I'm gonna get some coffee while you guys think. I'm not sure where it is, but I want to. I think it was in um that God's children should gather. Yeah, right. And um, yeah, even, even if she doesn't like that church, she's not. She doesn't have to go to that specific church. Okay. So what what is her choice? What has she decided to do? Let's go back to the. Or you can look at your page. A scenario. What has she kind of decided to do? Not not go to church at all. For what's her excuse, or what's her? What does she do instead? Sleeps in, does her own thing. Um, what are the reasons she gives? Actually, that's the next question. Let me just get there. What kind of assumptions does Carol have that move her to make these choices? In other, in other words, what seems to be motivating Carol to make this decision? Excuses in the church. Yeah, she's making excuses because she blames. She's blaming the church. She doesn't like the way the church has become, or she doesn't like. She doesn't feel like she fits in anymore. Um, the age is a, is a problem for her. What's that? And I was just gonna say, instead of like looking at other people, uh, like when she says they're uh, they're needy, always asking for help or prayer, instead of trying to think about other people. Um, and what they might need and ways she might can help them, she's just saying that they're just needy. Yeah. It's a very selfish way to look at it. So she's saying they're needy, <coughs> but she's also saying um, they're nosy. Yeah, I just stopped at needy. What is the... Oh, yeah, no, I'm not saying that you may... I'm, I'm just... I'm elaborating. I'm going on. I had the right answer. <laughs> you, yeah, she's like, don't discount me on this one. Um, 
No, she's saying they're needy and they're nosy. They aren't her age. Uh, they don't like the stuff. They don't talk about the stuff that interests her. What? What would you? Another question I have here is if someone like Carol came to you and asked for help or talked to you through this, like say someone came to you and said, "Hey, I just hate going to church right now. Like this is this is where I am." Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's not that she hates going to church. It's just that I've moved on. It's not that I hate going to church. It's just that I've moved on. I've talked to people like this. Okay. She a millennial. Yeah, yeah. She's your age. Maybe a little bit younger. Let's say she's twenty. Nineteen. I don't know. Whatever. She's however old you want her to be. <laughs> but she's young. Yeah, however you. What? What? What do you? There are a couple things that should stick out to you about the way she talks about church. It's not like she's got her own preconceived notion that she's already labeled people. She's not there for the right reasons. What reason is she there for? Herself. Okay. Okay. Here we go. She's there for herself. Look at this. She has moved on. Okay? Most of the people there aren't her age. Right. Yes. So? Why, why do you have this assumption that everyone has to be your age? Here's the thing. We go to school with people our own age. We basically hang out with people our own age. We a lot of times work with people our own age. We go to church and there's all these people that are different ages. And I remember um, when I was in high school or college, everybody over age like 35 was old. Mm-hmm. There's like young people, and then there's old people. I couldn't tell the difference between a 50 year old and a 70 year old. I, I couldn't either. I could. I remember that. You, you yeah. like. There's just like this. There's like young, and there's like young uh, families. There's like families. You know those people, and there's like old, old people. <laughs> and so to you, it seems like it seems like the uh, that there's all these. Well, really, there's a diverse group of people, and. You're selfish. You're thinking of it through your lens. You, don't, you see the world through your lens. Um, most of the stuff they talk about doesn't interest her. So she's talking to people, and she's looking for people to talk to stuff. She talk about stuff she likes. This is kind of they're needy too. Always asking for help, prayer, and financial support. Okay, she wants her needs met. Right, talking to people, people her age, but she's not willing to to meet other people's needs. Maybe there's an older person who needs a friend. And rather than seeing that as an opportunity she can fill, um, she's, she's turned off by that. They're nosy. They notice when she decides she needs to skip that day or take some personal time. What do you, what do you catch on with that? What, where has the selfishness taken her? Personal time. Good. Good. That should be done. I'm not saying that should be done the rest of the week, but... Here's a... Here's a... Needs. She didn't really Does she, again, it's just a very selfish person. She needs to skip that day. She also doesn't want to be transparent. She doesn't like people. Yeah, the accountability because they're nosy. When people are nosy, that means they're interested in her. And she's defensive. She's like, look, I'm putting up a wall here. Nobody is going to get past this wall. I'm going to defend myself from people getting to know me. So, like, when you walk into a store, uh, do you still work in retail at all, Chelsea? Do you still work in retail? Your manager. Congratulations. In retail, it always, uh, I'm a very, 
I'm not very friendly with people in retail. I don't really care for like when I walk into a store, they're always like, "Can I help you with something?" You know what I always say? No. I, I don't need any help. Okay. <clears throat> Just looking. I'm afraid because I know what's going to happen. I'm going to be like, let me show you something. Let me show you something you really would like. And I'm going to be suckered into buying something that I don't want to buy. So I'm very much like, no, I'm good. Why? Because I'm a shopper. Okay? I'm there for me. I'm not interested in that person at all. I mean, I probably should be care about them. But I'm really not, to be completely honest. I'm there. Unless you go to see Chelsea, then we're very interested in her. But, but like, you, you see what I'm saying? The difference between church and something like this is, is something like shopping. Where shopping's all about what you're trying to get in and get, where guys shop, you know, they go, they hunt and gather. They go, they get what they need and get out. Yeah. Women, they go and they graze, you know, they just kind of, Okay, not everybody. Apparently some of these ladies don't, but. Yeah. She just, she just move all up and down. So I'm not going to talk too much more about, about shopping. That's not really what I'm saying. My point is, is that the point is, is that she's incredibly selfish to the point where she sees church as like something she, like, like a shopping experience where she's trying to find something that suits her needs. It's kind of like her thing that is all for, about her. The ser- and this is, again, the services aren't really her style. It's like shopping. You go into the store, you're like, eh, this isn't really my style. I'd much rather be shopping at this other store. It's isn't it like you, have, you give and you take. You give and you take. Yeah. And then you, 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 you give more than you take. Right. So, again, I'm not to belabor this, but basically this is, just a, this is just a picture of a very selfish person. But it's something that I think I've talked to many college students who are in this, in this, fray, in this place. Where they're like, you know, I'd just rather be with my Christian friends. I should have put Christian friends on my own schedule. Maybe we can, you know, talk about God. Um, maybe the best part of this whole change is that her Sundays are open now. She gets to sleep in. So again, selfishness. Free to go to the lake, take a late morning walk, get away from people. She's missing the importance of church. And, and, and a lot of this, when you talk about relationships, we're talking about not only dating relationships, but also interpersonal relationships in a church you're going to have interpersonal relationships what are the flags you see the red flags you see about interpersonal relationships in this kind of scenario um she's one of those people that takes but doesn't give back she takes but she doesn't give right she's a shopper okay she's selfish what else Uh, the part i highlight here she's she's afraid of people getting too close to her Mm -hmm. right so the fact that people notice that she's gone and they reach out to her, this is basically saying somebody reached out to her and said, hey, hey, Lindsay, I just noticed you weren't there. We really missed you. That bothers her. She doesn't like that. She doesn't want to be noticed. She'd much rather come and go as she pleases and nobody find out. Okay, so let's not belabor this anymore. I think I'm good. How do I? You got to close the ink layer. Close the ink layer. Can I go to the next? Do this. Okay, so let's talk about this. Identifying yourself in the community of faith. It's easy to understand why someone like Carol would make this situ- make this decision. Um, we are kind of tribalistic um, in our thinking. A lot of times, we like to be people with who are like who are like us, like people <laughs> with us who are just like us. What role does the church or a community of faith play in our relationships? And why do people not go to church? What reasons might people give? For not going to church, do you think there is a valid reason for Christians to not connect themselves with a community of faith? What do y'all think? Um, I 
think if the church is set up like it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. then it gives an example of how all of our relationships should be. Okay. In what way? Like, like talking about the way we connect with people in the church? Our relationships with people in the church? Yeah. Like if the structure of the church is there. Got it. Not every church is perfect, of course. Right. In fact, no church is perfect. Right? But you can still be friendly no matter what. That's true. Why do you think some people don't go to church? Ah, again, go back to what she said earlier. They're so nosy. I don't like to be judged. I don't like people getting in my space and telling me. Like Maybe they're saying things because they care about you. Maybe they're not. What? So it could be the way you look. The way you look, you could be good. Okay, so maybe you don't fit in. You walk in with like purple hair. Yeah. Um, I've heard this from people saying, like, when I go to church on Sundays, I stay in the house with people. They'll say, oh, I'm not going to church because um, people there, a lot of them aren't even there for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're just making assumptions about. Church in general, like you're not making that. It's always an interesting one. Like the yeah. specific church, and it's just like how how do you even say that if you've never gone? Yeah. So people say this a lot. I don't I don't like going to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites there. Yeah. They they're all the you know they're not there for the right reasons. Let me ask you a question: When the Panthers were winning all these games last year, <laughs> and all those people filled their stadium, some of them were there for their fair weather fans. They're not fans this year. They were fans last year. Were you up? If you went to a game, were you mad that there were fans there who were there because the Panthers were winning? Most people wouldn't care. They're just happy there are people there. <laughs> You're just there for the donut. <laughs> yeah, not not to not to to compare a church to, a, but the, the, you're right. Some people do do say things like that. Well, there's a pool of hypocrites. People there aren't there for the right reasons. Um, let's look. Let's keep going. I don't want to get too bogged down. For, uh, we talked about this last week, but if we're going to do this, it starts here. If we're going to talk about church and the importance of the community of faith, it starts with thinking truth about ourselves. In this verse, it says um, right there on your on your um, sheet. For though for through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, what are, what are we supposed to do? What does it say? Do what? Yeah, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Uh, this is the selfishness thing I was kind of alluding at with that with that first thing. That girl had a opinion of herself that she deserved certain things, and she did not think of herself as being a person who uh, was uh, someone who should serve in a church, rather the church should serve. Her. So, what does it look like when people think so highly of themselves? Um, oops. Let's see if I can get out of this again. This might not be worth the. Uh, you should be good. Should be good now. What does it look like? Um, what happens when people think too highly of themselves when it comes to working together in the body of believers? What does that look like? We saw a picture of Carol, but if you're in a church and people think very highly of themselves, what does it look like? Okay. Yeah, so going to Elena's thing, if you feel judged, if you walk into a church, you feel judged, maybe it's because somebody does think too highly of themselves. They think that their job is to look down upon you and say, uh-huh, you are not living up to the standard that should be here. Maybe that's part of it. Sure. What else? I tell them I put on some old, old, old dungarees. Yeah. Smelly sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Things will be done. Oh, okay. Everybody's got their opinion of this. Well, this needs to be done this way or that needs to be. And in the end, projects. Or what about if someone thinks that the only way things can get done is if I do them? You know, the only real way to do something, I know people like this too. The only real way for something to get done around here is if I'm the one who handles it. And so they don't delegate and they, they try to do everything and, and they run out of, of energy. Um, I, I can give you an illustration for that back in my home church. Yeah. Georgia, when I was there in high school, is I heard two people arguing. With her, so, and, and, and I was like, well, we are about So, well, she's using a vacuum cleaner. She's making the stripes go this way. When they read me, run this way. Mm. And, and I'm thinking, you're arguing over stripes the vacuum cleaner leaves. Yeah. Because you want it to go, so she, she wants the triangle, and this person wants the straight. Yeah. I was like, is the room getting vacuumed? Or, well, yeah. I was like, yeah. And so when you have a high opinion of yourself, you look down on other people. And that looks different for everybody. Like when, when I look down on people, it looks different than when Jacob looks down on people. Everyone has their own version of pride and their own version of selfishness. So your way of showing that. Some people it's to do everything. Some people it's to not do anything. So you've got to be aware of that. Um, what happens when people think that's with sound judgment when it comes to working together in the body of believers? That's the phrase that was used um, in that verse, think with sound judgment. They delegate to people who have the gift. Right. And and the key is not, um, we don't have a ton of time here, but is that you recognize that God has given certain gifts uh, to certain people to be used in the larger church, and they're humble enough to work together. You don't surround yourself with people just like you. Okay? The whole point is if you, and I have it here, it's like this, appreciate what everyone else brings to the table. So building and maintaining godly relationships means appreciating what other people uh, bring to the table when it comes to what they can, can serve, how they can serve, how they can help. You recognize and you appreciate it. Now, it doesn't just mean a diversity of ethnicity. That's something that is emphasized in our culture when we say diversity. It typically mean like skin color or background, like say, you know, urban versus suburban versus, you know, multinational. So you have different people from different nations. Okay, that's great. But all I'm talking about is also diversity of how you interact with people. Some people are quiet. Some people are loud. Some people are old. Some people are young. Some people are smart. Some people are not as smart. Okay, that's okay. That is, everyone works together in the church because different people have uh, different jobs. Uh, let's look at this verse together. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, individually members of one another. The word members here uh, means body part. Like your hand is a member, your arm is a member, your leg is a member. Your tongue is a member. You have different members. And your, your body is made up of different members. And each one is, looks different. It works different. And it works together. So uh, the thing is here, um, well, the question I have here is, how do people in a church function differently but work together? Can you think of an example? Can you think of some, th- some legitimate differences that can be used to do the work of the ministry compared with some perhaps illegitimate differences between people? Differences that ought not to be there. So going back to the top here. Can you think of some legitimate differences that can be used to do the work of the ministry? Yes. Yeah. So some people sing, and some people can't. There are some people at church, I'm sorry, I've I've sat next to them, and they're wonderful, very kind people. I love them dearly. But they would admit that they can't carry a tune in a bucket. In fact, one of the threats I have a standing threat with the sound, uh, with my dad is that I tell the sound booth, you know, you can just turn his mic up when we're singing. Sometimes everybody gets to hear him. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty rough. Um, 
Great, great point. Music. Not everybody. It's okay. Not everybody can sing. That's all right. But you ought to still sing congregationally. There's uh, certain people in our church who, even though they can't like actually sing notes very well, they still sing out. And I, I think that's great. Like in in the congregation because they're singing as a as a church. What else? Some people have a gift to teach, and some people have a gift of like loving. Yes, yeah, so some people have more of a one-to-one, like uh, a giving, like giving gifts and visiting people and being kind to people, and other people have more of a gift of standing up and kind of teaching and laying out something. Yeah, for sure. Um, what happens when somebody who doesn't have a certain gift wants to do that certain gift? It does not normally go well. No, it can cause. People, yeah, people feel uh, there's conflict. There's and these are the kind of things that happen. Uh, but in a church, this is how it's supposed to work out. If you have your Bible, turn to First Corinthians chapter twelve. I think I have it up on the screen as well because this is really uh, laid out in First Corinthians twelve um, when Paul talks about this. So we're gonna have some people read for us the first page here. Who would like to read, say, the twelve, starting in verse fourteen. <laughs> Well, you could actually go all the way back, I think, to verse 12, but we're not going... Uh, I'll read verses 12 and 13. For even as the member... Uh, I'm sorry, as the body is one, yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. It says, For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, whether we are... We're all made to drink of one spirit. Verse 14. Who wants to, re- who wants to read like 14, 15, and 16? You want to take care of it? Yeah. Okay. 14, 15, 16. Yeah, so stop here. Okay. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foots say, because I am not hand, I am not a part of the body. It is not for this reason, any the less, a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an ear, I am not a part of the body. It is not for this reason, any of the less, a part of the body. Okay, who can read 17 through 19? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were a hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? Okay, 20 and 21. But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the, hand, or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Okay. Albert, you want to read a couple? Sure. What, 22. 22, so 23. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor, and our less presentable members become more, much more presentable. Okay. Whereas our more presentable members have no need of it, but God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. And the key verse actually comes, the next two verses, I'm going to read these, very important. Now you are Christ's body, individually members of it, and God has appointed what? In the church. Church, apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, helps, administration, various kinds of tongues. God had given these things in the body of Christ 
in the church. So the reason we went through that whole passage is to talk about the foot and the ear and the eye and saying, the ear says, well, I don't have any need of the eye. Well, yes, you do. And then or the ear might say, why am I not an eye? I like, why can't I be an eye? I seem to have all the fun and I'm just an ear. I have to hear all the time. What's, what's the deal with this? Or, or a, a foot says, well, I don't need the head anymore. I can get along fine wherever I want to go. You know, those, you, that's ridiculous. And the idea is, is that in the church, we do the same thing. Why do we need, why do we need all these, all these, what? Why do we need those old people? Yeah, I hear that. I do hear that among young, among young college students. There's a big thing is that, well, you know, the church has a bunch of old people in it. <laughs> okay. Is that supposed to, is that like a bad thing? We're not, you're not going clubbing. I mean, you're not going, you know, you're not going to a restaurant. You're not going to shop. You're, you're going to church. You're learning. Do you want to learn from a bunch of young people who haven't made mistakes yet? Or the... <laughs> The mistakes they've made haven't manifested out over years. You can go and talk to people who've lived life and lived life well, and they can help you. I mean, so, so here's some discussion questions. In what ways do people show they don't appreciate differences in the body of Christ, even though they might claim to? Because if you were to say you need to appreciate differences in the body of Christ, some people say, well, I do. But what are some ways that they might say they do, but they don't by their actions? Talking to the same people every Sunday. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sit in your corner. See your friends, touch space with him and her and him, and then hit the exit. What else? You do that? <laughs> um, yeah, causing trouble, complaining, gossiping, pitting people against each other. Uh, complaining is a big one. People complain. Can I make a comment? Sure, go ahead. Uh, from personal experience um that kind of back to what you were saying about why people think they shouldn't go to church there's also this idea that church should be perfect this mm-hmm. we tend to think that church is like a haven and in some ways it is but like we think that there should be no problems in the church and so then when we encounter them we think oh well that then that means that there's something wrong with the church or there's those people shouldn't be in our church or whatever mm-hmm. rather than realizing that church is a body of sinners we're in christ and the differences are important but um we we often when we run into those differences we think it's an evidence of a bad church uh, of something wrong at the they core versus not, like people will say yeah. well we're not unified or we're not you know whereas really unity is not made on being the same it's it's made on diversity have, and differences have you ever um I'm sure you've heard this before. A fe- feature, um, uh, not a bug. Have you ever heard this before? You say something's a feature and not a bug, um, being that it, you know people would say it's like a te- it's like a um, something you would say when it comes to uh, software. But you're like you're like you know it slows you down. Like some software intentionally slows you down, and it's a feature, not a bug, because it's it's important to slow you down in order to think more clearly or. You might say that. What'd you, what did you say? I, I like iOS updates for old phones. Well, it, okay. it's designed so you, you like the newer phone is always going to be faster. Okay, sure. I think so. What I'm pointing more is like if you if you if I were to say, well, I like taking notes by hand, and you say, well, you can take notes faster using computer. I'm like, well, but taking notes by hand lets me think better. It's a feature. It, it seems like it would be something that would inhibit you. Mm-hmm. It seems like a bug, but it's actually a it's feature. Like calling something vintage is 
Yeah, maybe, yeah. So the idea is that just because something is not what you might think uh, you want doesn't mean it's not what you need. Uh, let's do another, um, let's do another uh, thing here. Um, come on. There we go. Why is it important to surround ourselves with a diverse group of people at church and not merely section ourselves off into our own little group? I, think I talked about this. But the idea is, is that you need input from other people. You need to connect with people. You need to be surrounded by the foot, the eye, the hand, the ear, the hair, you know, whatever. Some, everybody's got their own thing. Figure out where you are. Don't, don't just hang out with the feet all day if you're a foot. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. Okay, here's a here's a really kind of a convicting question. What happens when someone else with different skills and abilities succeeds where we have not done as well? So say you are um you have your own personality, you have your own thing, and you have a friend who's different than you, who you get along okay with, but then she gets a boyfriend, and she gets married, and you don't. And, or uh, someone gets a job promotion, and you're stuck. Or you lose your job. What, what, how do these verses help us see how to move forward with something like that happens? What, what would the natural man, what would the sinful man in, in our natural, normal desire do when that happens to somebody we, we know and love? Compare yourself. Compa- okay, compare yourself. And then, and then what? Get angry. Get angry. Why wasn't that me? Why can't I have that, what they have? Uh, vindictive, judgmental, angry, question God, bitter, depressed. Um, that that is hard. This is really hard. This is where relationships get really hard because people are different, and you might be fine with somebody, but when they start succeeding, you might really start struggling because then you say, uh, "Well, I don't like the fact that they've succeeded and I haven't." Have you thought about the fact that maybe God has you exactly where He wants you? And you're and if you get your mind on where you're not, and you're frustrated that you haven't succeeded where you really wanted to, that you know what, you're doing what Carol did. You're thinking about yourself constantly. Um, let's do some quick applications. We only have about five minutes, and then I'll t- we'll take questions if you want. Um, okay, so if you're not involved in a community of faith, a church, I put that in red. You can't really see that, but that's in red. A church. This is not, cross-impact does not count as a community of faith in the sense that the church is what God has made in this time for, for this purpose. Then you're missing out on some of the most important relationships God wants you to be a part of. And I know I ended that sentence with a with a uh, preposition. preposition. I'm sorry. Of which God wants you to be a part. There you go. Well, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. That's what I should have said. When well, you said a part, I thought about the preposition part. No. I was like, no, nope, you're still wrong. <laughs> Judgmental. <laughs> Special education majors. She has an insight into my into my brain. Takes one to teach one. Yep. I'm right there with you. So, if you're not involved in church, get involved in church. Uh, two, appreciate the different people with their different roles. Don't be insecure about who you are and how you fit into the larger picture. You don't have to be the smartest person, the coolest person, the most talented <laughs> person in the room. It's all right. Why are you laughing, Elena? 
You're like, I'm all of that. That's me. <laughs> oh, inside, inside joke. Sorry to embarrass you. Did I embarrass you, Gabe? Okay. No, I was just thinking about how I know your, your dad often gets the example of how um, just how important different roles are that people don't even see. Yeah. Like people who, there are people who come and take out the trash, there are people who clean the church. There are people who build, you know, someone built our podium and our chairs and people who build sets and, um, you know, teachers of the little two and three year olds who don't even know how to say their name properly. (laughs) And you just think of all the ways that there are to serve in a church. Yeah. People who bake for Cross Impact. Yeah. There are just a lot of ways to get involved and different skills and personalities and it's easy to think that the only people that are being used are people who talk a lot. Marsha, just thinking about that, I remember two two of the men's mission trips went on. They they had a meeting to call everybody was gonna be going. You had some carpenters, electricians and yeah. general tradesmen that man the man in our church is what um, the gardeners or Bob Gardner. Bob yeah he would always come to the meeting. But he never went on any of the trips. And I, mm-hmm. I even noticed him press. And, and I heard him talking to somebody. I said, well, you come to the meetings, but you don't, you don't ever go on mission trips. He goes, well, I, I know. I said, I just, I can't physically do it. He says, but I know what y'all's mission trips are about. I know who's going. And I know what you're going to be doing. I know what could be involved. And while you're on mission trip, I'm the whole praying for you. Mm-hmm. It's cool. So it's, a, it's we would say, well, well he really do nothing. But it could have been his prayer for safety to get somebody from falling off the building. God said, no, I want to honor Peter Gardner because he couldn't go. But he's willing to take an hour, whatever, out of his day and pray for seven men who are in Wyoming working on, you know, I I say it, literally on the side of a mountain. Yeah. Because Jacob's been there, you know. There's one couple places, one wrong step, and you've come to pass. I think God even uses kids in the body of Christ. I mean, not I think. Yeah. I know. Like even babies, I've seen, I've seen people encouraged, and I mean, since we've had kids, I've been surprised at the times that they can start a conversation with someone that I've been trying to start a conversation with for a long time, and all of a sudden, you know, and, and they can encourage people. We went and visited a friend who had a miscarriage, and we took the kids with us, and I was kind of anxious about it, but having the kids there was actually a really good thing, and Hallie was really little, and so they passed her around, and so I think, you know, everyone has a role. Um, Lastly here, she was the hair. Another important element of being involved in a church is that you need to commit. Um, there is, uh, in the Bible, never says anything about shopping for churches that best fit your style or splitting your time between communities of faith. Get involved, get connected. Don't don't do stuff where you're where you're not committed, where you're just kinda floating, being a shopper. You know, like, well these people don't fit my style, these people don't fit my style, I gotta find something that's just right down my alley that have my people there and um I'm not saying there's never a time to change if you need to change a church, that that happens. Um This is key. The last part of the, uh, I have it filled in there for you, is that we need to do the job we've been given to do. God has given us um, a lot, he says, basically in this next few verses here. Since we have gifts differing according to the grace given to us, each one is to exercise them accordingly. 
And he says, if prophecy has preaching in accordance to the proportion of faith, of service and serving, he teaches. And I gave you bullet points there. So be grateful for how God has made you. Be thankful for how God has made you and how you fit in the church because you fit. Every one of you has a place and has a spot to be. Yeah. Um, with the last thing you said, shopping yeah. around for churches. Yeah. That's where I was when I first um, went to the Christmas dinner. That's yeah. what I was basically, you can say, I was doing because I just moved up here. And the other years I was here, I didn't go to church. But I did like one or two times. But I just didn't feel like, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. feel that church at all. And after the Christmas dinner, I went to Harvest. And I haven't gone to another church since. Mm. I just don't feel the need to. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I don't feel the need to, but it's just I don't need to. <laughs> well, we love you. We love you. We're glad you come. But uh but yeah, there's just um everyone has a place. And when it comes to relationships, um that is where we start. We start with where God has placed us in the body of Christ, in the body of believers. It's, it's not about surrounding yourself with people who are just like you. It's about being in a group of people who are very different from you and who all can contribute to your life and pour themselves into you and you can grow and change. Then you can turn around and do the same thing with somebody else. Any other questions or comments as we uh, finish up? Kind of a uh, very simple, I think, message. Very simple uh, thing today. But I want to encourage you guys to get involved in the community of faith if you're not already doing that. Make sure you're in a church because a church will help you be accountable and a church will help you so much. We're good? All right, Lord, thank you so much for the time we spent together tonight. I pray you would bless the remainder of the evening, help everybody to have a good rest of the evening and just to get a lot done. I know there's a lot on a lot of people's plates, and uh, thank you for the time everybody was able to come and spend together. Give us um, time to reflect on you, Lord. Help us not to be too uh, caught up in the things of school, to be um, to not have time for you. Lord, help us to, to definitely carve out time in our schedule to worship you and to read our Bibles and pray and be thankful. Thank you for the church you've given us, Lord, and, and how uh, many of us uh, are able to worship uh, together. And I pray that you would help uh, all of us to be committed to a church body. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All righty.